Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Very special episode here today. Got the chance to sit down for about 30 minutes with the one and only, the two-time All-American, the Big Ten champion, Greg Jones, who was really generous with his time and, and given us a lot of great stories. We talked about how he was a part of the first Michigan State recruiting class under Mark D'Antonio, uh, his relationship with Coach D'Antonio, with with Pat Narduzzi as well. We got We got into that what it's like to play against Michigan, uh, especially, you know, he was somebody who came right after those Mike Hart comments. Um, touched on a lot of different stuff, that 2010 season where he decided to, to forego the NFL draft, come back to Michigan State, won a Big Ten championship. Uh, tons of stories, tons of good stuff. I uh, really hope you guys appreciate this episode because it was, uh, it was awesome uh, just sitting down and talking with him. For those of you who are new to the program, first of all, welcome. What took you so long? Uh, Michigan State football 24-7 uh, is basically the the short intro that I can give you guys. Um, if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, we're, we're doing football content the whole season, uh, the whole offseason as well. We went once a week. We're touching on news and notes. We're doing uh, a lot of fun kind of off-season draft type of stuff. But as the season is right around the corner here, you're going to want to make sure you subscribe because we got a ton of good stuff planned for you guys. The website as well is standingroomspartans.com. A lot planned for the website as well. We're, we're just starting to get back into writing. It's just Scott and I, so be kind. Uh, you know, we don't have an unlimited amount of time, unfortunately, as my dog is is coming right around the corner. Uh, hopefully you guys couldn't hear. But no, it's it's really exciting time for Michigan State football. So if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you're going to want to make sure you do. If you are already subscribed, you know, we appreciate you. You know, you guys are the best. So uh, enough of me. Follow on Twitter at StandingRoomMSU and at SpartanMartin18. Follow the website, StandingRoomSpartans.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad to have you and uh, hope it's not your last episode. So enough of me. Let's get to Greg Jones. I hope you guys enjoy. Go green, go white. And we are live with an extremely special guest to the show, 
Uh, you guys all know him from the show notes. Big Ten champion, three-time first-team All-Big Ten, back-to-back consensus All-American, the one and only uh, Greg Jones. I really appreciate the time. It's an honor to speak with you. I can speak for myself and Scott, my co-host here. Uh, Greg, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, brother. How are you guys doing? Good. Happy to have you. Yeah, couldn't be better, man. Um, I We'll get into some football stuff, but I, I was doing some research. Uh, I was – so I was – a student season ticket holder uh, at the time that you were playing at Michigan state. So I was at most of your games. I traveled to, to the, a couple of the road games during that time as well. Um, we'll get into all the football stuff, but in doing some research here, I found something that I had to ask about uh, really important question here to start the interview. How many times have you seen the movie Ferris Bueller's day off? Oh my gosh, man. Oh my goodness, uh, <laughs> dude! I I lost count, dude. I've like almost had it memorized for a long time, but I probably watched Ferris probably man too many times. Dude, one of my it's probably yeah, my, my most my favorite movie. But yeah, um, I can't believe I forgot that was out there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw enough quotes from old articles that I had to bring it up. Uh, there was like five or six different players that were quoted and talking about your love for that movie. So I had to ask. Yeah, dude, I love that movie. I mean, I was a, you know, I'm an inner city kid and I'm uh you know, at the time there was no, you know, streaming services. So, um, yeah, that came on dude. And like his idea of, you know what I mean? Being more than just a high school kid and living out his dreams and breaking some rules. And I don't know. It just, it just seemed cool. And then I, at the time I I wasn't the biggest fan of school either. So uh, it was just cool to kind of like mentally kind of get away or watch somebody, you know, kind of get away from it all. But uh, no, man, it's one of my favorite movies, a classic, obviously. So yeah, dude, I I love that movie. There's a few movies out there. When you see it on, you just have to turn it on, regardless of what you're doing or what you wanted to watch. If you see it, you you throw it on there. And um, so you mentioned, um, you mentioned your high school time, Let's yep. kind of pick up your story late high school, right? You're playing high school football, you're getting recruited. And, you know, just based on timing, John L. Smith leaves the program. Mark D'Antonio gets hired about two months before you were, uh, you committed in January of 2007. So what was your initial link to the program? Was Mark D'Antonio recruiting you at Cincinnati or was, was MSU already recruiting you? Kind of how was that connection first made? Um, I, the, the first time during John Nell, when he was there, I, he sent the running back coach to recruit me and, um, they were kind of thinking about switching me over to running back and I, I turned it down. I said, no, I'm not, I wouldn't play running back and I had no desire to play running back at all. So, um, I, I kind of switched things over, um, from there and, Minnesota came up uh, around that time, and I was and I was offered and uh, at a Nike camp that I went to, and uh, went to the camp, and he offered me, and I committed. I originally was committed to Minnesota, actually, uh, and then I, Coach D, you know, talking about the connection, though, Coach D was recruiting me at the University of Cincinnati, and we had a, a good relationship, um, but I just 
really wanted to play at Big Ten. You know, that was just where I wanted to play at. At the time, Minnesota was my um, was my only ticket at the time. So I, I pulled the trigger there. And, yeah, man, I, I, it it didn't – I'm sorry, I didn't pull the trigger there. Then Coach D got hired at Michigan State and was like, dude, I'm taking you and Garrick Sella. I don't know if you remember Garrick Sella, who, you know, been, who was in the NFL for 10 years. Um, and me and Garrick Sella, too. Like, we're the only two guys he brought with him from Cincinnati. Um, and then I pulled the trigger, sorry, at Michigan State. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was it was a crazy thing. Clint Mason was let go um, after losing to Texas Tech. Uh, he was let go after losing to Texas Tech. Uh, he was up 34 to nothing in the fourth quarter and lost that game. Ooh. So it was, it, was, it was crazy. It was a crazy thing. It all happened really fast. So, um, but, yeah, dude, it, it was – it was something that was definitely life changing. And um, as you talked about, you know, with that, you know, that connection, that's kind of how that started though. But me and Coach D have been together uh, rocking, you know, since that time we learned, uh, got to meet one another. He would come watch me work out. I did a bunch of UC camps. I was always a, a UC fan. I was really never really a Ohio State fan. So, um, but yeah, dude, it was, it was a dream come true, man. Really was. Nice. Yeah. And, it looked like you visited, just based on what I could see, you visited MSU early January, yeah. and about a week yeah. later you committed. Is there a, kind of a moment, whether it was a conversation with the coach or, or with your family or just a moment in your head where you kind of you just knew, like, okay, I'm going to be a Spartan? Uh, and kind of what was the straw that broke the camel's back and, and had you uh, committed? Uh, I would say uh... – uh, it was the the opportunity to play that when I was when I when I went and saw the guys that you know what I mean were potentially my future teammates slash competition. It was the fact that I knew I was going to be able to get on the field. Like just hands down, I knew it in my gut that it was not. Uh, it, it was just no it was no doubt in my mind that I was going to get a chance to play. So we're saying I was going to have to redshirt, and I didn't want to redshirt. Um, so I, I knew right away that I was going to get a chance to play, and then I just had to take advantage of the opportunity and execute. So those were some of the cool things uh, that, you know, I loved about State, and I loved the campus. Um, everybody was super nice, man. You know, I didn't have any issues. But, yeah, dude, man, and I, uh, I really think that uh, – it made the difference, you know, from other schools. The staff was obviously amazing. Um, I've never had any issues, you know, with the staff at all. And uh, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah, and I mean, it worked out, right? Because you <laughs> first season, freshman All-American. Um, so, yeah, you got on the field right away. Um, so you come into campus, summer 2007. You're headed into fall camp, right? A lot of us are probably thinking about Mark D'Antonio now after a 14-year career, kind of an older guy who's been through a career. But what was it like, you know, what was Mark D'Antonio like back then in his first year at MSU and just trying to build his program? And what was what was kind of the program vibe like um, as you as you got to campus that first year? The program vibe um, was it was a, it was a respect thing. I can't tell you how many times that you can talk to Kirk, you can talk to as many guys, uh, you know, from the class as you want. But every every speech, every talk was about us earning respect. And 
because truth be told, we didn't, you know, at State. When I got there, I mean, I remember, you know, talking to one of my, you know, my classmates and um, telling them I was, you know, I played for the football team and how we're going to, you know, go to a bowl game. And, and I got laughed at right in my face, you know, on campus, um, almost right in front of the Clarabelle Smith Center. And it, it was painful because I'm like, dude, like, you know, you don't understand. And it's hard to, you know, show people that without, you know, after because when we got there, there was no, they, nobody went to a bowl game in a while, and it, it was tough. It was really, really tough. So, um, but yeah, everything's about earning respect, and um, I do remember those moments because that that was truthful. Like when we got there, like every time we played a game, if um, it was future, like we were always picked to lose. Always, I don't, you know, very rarely were we picked to win um, on college game day or any other, uh, you know, news outlet whatsoever. You know, we just. It was tough, man. But yeah, we it was about earning respect, making it to a bowl game, which I haven't been done in a while. And uh pretty much was it, you know, and winning close games. So yeah, I, I would without a doubt say the the vibe at that time was about earning respect and in uh, tradition too. I will definitely say he was big, big, big on tradition and um, you know, with our jerseys, how we talked, you know, being uniform. Everybody wearing the same thing, you know what I mean? Things things are a little different now, uh, but yeah, like it was it was about tradition and respect for sure. Yeah, it's it's hard to realize now for a lot of the younger fans who maybe started watching around 2010, 2011, who have seen really nothing but success outside of a couple years, obviously the vibe before Mark D'Antonio got there, it was bleak for a while there. I remember going to games and you have a half full stadium. Uh, but I I'm curious. So Mark D'Antonio, we'll, we'll talk plenty about him in general and he gets all the headlines, but I want to know from your side of the ball, Pat Narduzzi was always a fan favorite. Uh, you would see him coming down from the press box down into the field uh, in the fourth quarter and a big, big play. And, and you knew that we were going to blitz 18 times out of the next 25 plays. What was his energy like when you were there? Man, it was, I you know first of all, I love that dude. Uh, we still talk today, dude, just like amazing. Just amazing. I love that guy. Love him. He's uh, such a great dude. Um, and, you know, like I said, we still talk today, but his energy, man, was just absolutely amazing. Um, it was very, obviously, aggressive, like you said. Uh, but I, I would tell you, though, man, like, he, he would give you the share off his back um, or whatever it takes, you know what I mean, to uh, to take care of you, man. He, he just he just was always so supportive. And, um and obviously, you know, now that I pit, you know, he still does the same thing with those guys there watching them closely too. But yeah, he was, he, his energy was amazing. I think that's what made the defense fun is because, you know, to match his energy um, with our playing, like how you played, was everything got looked forward to. And it was not just in games, it was in practice, it was in scrimmage. Um, anytime we had inside run, he just made it so fun to, uh, you know, be a part of that of that team man, and be a part of that defense. And uh, I, I would tell you, man, I felt honored to be, you know, a leader on that defense, you know, under him um, because of, you know, the way he coached me. And, you know, what I mean, and at the same time, dude, he, he, he had fun, too. I mean, 
he was he'd be the first person to crack a joke or you know the first person to get the room to laugh and lighten up at the same time so I mean he's just he's just a great coach a great dude a great family man and um, yeah, just uh, he, he means the world to me, man. Just a great dude, man. Really is. Yeah, I remember when uh, uh, kind of the smoke was building around him finding his own program. Obviously, he settled at, at Pitt, but he had some other offers here and there for a couple of years um, in the kind of the mid teen years. Um, and it was bittersweet when he found his own home, right? Because I think all the Spartan fans, we wanted him around for selfish reasons. We love his defenses, we love the guy. Kevin mentioned he was a fan favorite. Sounds like he was a player favorite as well. Um, but, you know, it was it was nice to see him get his own program. I think it was a guy that everybody knew that was going to happen with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so let's take it back kind of on the field. Um, I'm curious, right? You're very – you were an aggressive linebacker in the Big Ten. I'm sure a lot of running backs were intimidated to line up against you. Was there anyone that you played against – that was intimidating to you that you were kind of hesitant to, to line up, you know, in the a gap on an inside run and, and uh, knock shoulders with. Um, intimidating. That's, um, that's tough because I, I look at all the teams we played. I played against, I played against Mark Ingram, uh, Yeldon, John Clay uh, John at Wisconsin. Clay, yeah, who was six foot three, two hundred and fifty <laughs> pounds. That was a big dude. Um, and, um I, I just without man, I really want to say this the right way. Um I, I I would I would say if you looked at my film, I don't believe that it was showed that I was intimidated uh to line up an A gap against any back whatsoever. Um, that's including Shady McCoy when we played Pitt, um, when he was there. Uh, I mean, obviously against our own team with Le'Veon Bell and Javon Ringer. Um, and they would tell you the same thing as well. Um, I, there, was, uh, there, there just wasn't very many. Um, or really, I, don't, I just don't believe any back that I was intimidated by. Um, I, I, I was always one of those guys that, you know, will rise to the challenge versus try to figure out how the hell I'm going to do this. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, dude, if I can get, if I can make this dude bleed, if I can make this guy, if I can show that this guy has a weakness, then I can, I can get to the rest of the team. And so um, that, that's what I believed, um, you know, but no, I, I don't think I showed any intimidation um, against any uh, any back, to be quite honest with you. So, um, and, and I'm being I'm, I'm being very truthful. I'm not trying to put on or anything like that. If we were talking by ourselves, I would say the same thing. But um, no, dude, I am very honest in that. I at one time where I was like, oh man, I, I hope that this guy gets hurt or anything like that. No. <laughs> I was up for the challenge every single time, and so, um, and I and I would and I would almost question, you know, what I mean, if any any of those backs you would like to interview them and ask them the same thing, when it was time to hit, and I knew they were running power, I was gonna get in my get in my spot, do my job, and make that play as best I can. So, um, and I think I think most I of the fans would agree with you there. Yeah, so too. 
Yeah, and I, and I and I like I said, guys, I'm not like, oh man, like I'm the best ever. No, I'm just saying that I just was not afraid because you know you work you work really hard to get to those moments and to you know be intimidated by somebody for any reason after all your hard work for the season uh, in the preseason through the season in practice, like to be scared. I don't, I just don't you know it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. And we we were talking before too about you know some of the guys that you got a chance to play with. Le'Veon Bell, Javon Ringer. Um, I I was looking at two your freshman year. You had Ju Kulkrick on campus. That was probably a fun camp. Um, was was there anybody? I, I probably not more than one guy, but anybody that you can remember as some of the best players that you got a chance to play with. Guys that just had that special talent that propelled you know a season like 2010 where you guys went you know, 11 and one in the regular season, who were some of the best dudes that you got a chance to play with? Oh my goodness. Uh, it's such a tough thing. Cause any of these guys here, they're like, dude, why didn't you tell me or say it was me? <laughs> yeah, you gotta um, be careful on this one. I know I gotta be really careful here. I, I guess I'll, I'll do it this way. Uh, on defense, um, Playing alongside of um, Eric Gordon, um, Chris Norman, Brandon Denson, like that whole linebacker core um, that, you know, watching those guys make plays, you know, when they would run away from me or do things to, you know, get me away from the ball and watching those guys on film perform um, was truly amazing. Um Playing, they playing with guys obviously like Kirk Cousins, um, B.J. Cunningham, uh, obviously, obviously Javon Ringer and um, Le'Veon. I mean, all those guys, and it's just, it was really amazing. Um, I can't forget about the D line, Justin Kershaw, uh, who he always says he said, "I made you." <laughs> Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, though, his discipline and we still talk today. Uh, yeah, dude, he's, it, it was amazing. It was truly amazing. Um, you know, to watch all those guys and be a part of that though, man, but there's a lot of guys there. Obviously, I don't think I could pick one. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of guys. I'm probably forgetting a couple off the top of my head right now too, but yeah, I don't think I could pick one. And it was, it was awesome. It really was. Yeah, and they're fun teams to watch uh, as, as Michigan State oh, yeah. built momentum. Um, so one of the big moments early in your career, you mentioned Mark D'Antonio, really big on respect. Um, obviously, after yeah. the 2007 Michigan game, um, Mike Hart made his comments, now infamous comments, and Mark D'Antonio in his press conference responded to them. Um, and all that's public, right? But I'm curious what the – how that was received in the locker room after that game, when you guys kind of heard what he said. And as a follow-up, was that still on your mind going into the 2008 game at Michigan? I mean, it, we, a lot of people talk about bulletin board material. Mark D'Antonio loved to keep bulletin board material around. It, was that honestly, I mean, how much did he remind his team of that going into the 2008 game? Uh, one uh, it's easy to talk like that when you're a senior, you're leaving. Um, two, I think a lot of people forget that we were winning the whole time. <laughs> and uh, it's just interesting, man, because 
when people say it, they think it was like a dominant performance by Michigan, and it wasn't. Like, it was, if, if, if anything, like, if you're watching the game and you took the jerseys, you know, the, the, the names off the jerseys, you'd be like, dude, this other team, what are they doing? And let this other team come back. So it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, anywhere where he made it as and with the whole little brother comment, though. Um, I mean, you could definitely tell in the interview that it was kind of just off the top of his head. He was feeling good about himself because of a lucky fumble um, that was truly lucky. If you ever want to go back on that film and watch that, that was a truly lucky bounce that he had to get them to a first down, um, which ultimately led to um, a corner throw in the end zone. But, but, Honestly, no, dude. It was it was something that for sure was bulletin board material. We were reminded, and it wasn't just 08, man. We were reminded every single year, every single year. So, and and because on their side, and they would tell us that you remember back in 07 how we came back and beat you, right? Like, and it was always this like we had to come back. I mean, it, it, the class. I mean, from my from my time from 07 on. Like we really dominated them, and like they should have been four and zero. Like we should be four and zero with one thousand percent. But yeah, to answer your questions though, man, yeah, it was it was bulletin for material. Yes, it was. Uh, we were reminded every single game, and guys and the kids now that play are still reminded of those comments. Um, so yeah, without a doubt, dude, without a doubt, um, we were reminded of those comments and that bulletin board material. And yes, because he likes to keep a lot of that stuff around from any school, um, but definitely Michigan. Yeah, we, as fans, right, we we see all of that through Mark D'Antonio. He was extremely public with his, yeah, like I, I, you had a lack of respect nationally for the program. And he just seemed like that type of dude who would collect everything save everything and use everything later on down the line i i don't think like you said i don't think mike hart realized what he was doing at that time but he certainly uh probably regrets that now if he if he really cares about that program because that run we went on after those comments was uh yeah pretty pretty damaging to that brand um i so what i could talk about the michigan rivalry for 48 hours but I I do want to hit on that 2010 senior season because you had a chance to leave and go to the NFL you decide to come back and that's where I point to as like a, a real breakthrough of the Michigan State football program like when you look at 2013 14 15 that run isn't possible without that 2010 season and I, I guess just kind of walk me through that. Did you guys realize that you had a championship level team? Did you realize it was special from day one? Mark D'Antonio was preaching Big Ten championships, Rose Bowl, from the time he got on campus. And to finally kind of get to that Big Ten championship, get to that mountaintop. Uh, I, I guess just walk me through that season. Yeah, dude. Um, that last year was special. Um, I guess the first part of your question, uh, it was, yeah, it was tough, man, uh, making that decision to come back. You know, I, um, you do in your head, you know, you think, you know, for me at least, I, I think that like, man, you, you kind of wonder in the what if a little bit, um, you know, it, you know, it just, 
what would happen, how or how I'd be remembered if I didn't come back. And you know what I mean? Like you can, you can have a million tackles and all the stats in the world, but if you don't win and, you know, to walk away at six and seven, I don't know, man, I got three kids now and it's hard for me to explain to them that, you know, I left, um, you know what I mean? And this was the record I played at Michigan State. And I, hey, I, and I told me, but Daddy had a lot of tackles and Daddy had a bunch of interceptions. And, you know, I was all over the field. Like, it was just, it's just hard to explain that. But it, it's a lot easier to explain that uh, I came back and won. And I, my hard work paid off and the hard work of our team paid off. So, um, yeah, dude, it just, that that's what I thought about it. You know, I knew that, um, at the time, me and Manny were just dating, but yeah, I knew that you know I would want kids one day, and, um, and so so was she. But I think about you know now when I bring my son to the games, he he he's starting to catch on now. He's six years old, and he's starting to catch on right now. And and he even asked me now. He's like, yeah, he already said it now to other people. <laughs> uh, he's starting to get a little proud. He's like, my daddy won a won a Super Bowl. My daddy won a Big Ten championship. Um, but that, but that makes that makes me proud because you know what I mean. Like he, he started to understand that winning is important, and it's not just about stats. It's not just about you know the money and or whatever else that people thought were out there. But to me, it was it's about winning and how you be remembered. And I, um, and that's one of the reasons you know what I mean. One of the biggest reasons why I came back. Um, and to answer your question, yeah, I think a lot of guys knew how special that that room was. Um, because we had so many, uh, just had a lot of studs in the room, you know, across the board, O-line, D-line, our special teams. I mean, it just, it, you know, all our skill positions, um, we were all confident. We all were elite. You all put in a, a crazy amount of work. Um, that offseason was, I mean, it was it was electric, that offseason. It really was. I mean, the young guys that were coming in were really starting to put some – push some of the older guys which was really cool uh but but yeah dude that that was really you know a, a great off season that led to a season the way we had it um obviously you know we didn't do uh didn't get the job done against alabama in the bowl game but but yeah dude it was it was amazing that off season was truly amazing and it was special i would totally agree with you it was definitely special yeah and that's that's a great way to kind of wrap up your career here. I want to fast forward a couple more questions as we're getting down the wire on time here. But um, so now you something that didn't come up in our research, we didn't catch it, but you mentioned before we started recording here is that you actually played under Mel Tucker when he was a defensive coordinator yep. in Jacksonville. Um, yep. So the, I think personally, the vibe around the program is really positive. It's really exciting. I think everybody's excited to see a full stadium surrounding a Mel Tucker Spartan team. Um, but I guess a couple, two-part question here. What's your relationship like with Mel Tucker in the program right now? And I guess what are your first impressions in the job he's doing and uh, what he's building right now in East Lansing? Um, well, one, like we just exchanged numbers. So we have, um, we, you know, we can call or text um, our own, our private lines. Uh, two, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, with the transfer portal, uh, I'm still getting used to it. 
it's 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 uh, it's still different. And I think in a few years now, everybody will be used to it and have a better understanding exactly how it all is going to keep working out. And then now with NIL involved in there, it's just it's a, it's a lot going on um, for the guys. But, you know, I think it's stuff that's meant for them to do well. I think it's meant for other schools to, you know what I mean, really take advantage of the opportunities that are out there too. Uh, but, you know, to answer your question about, you know, what he's doing now, I, I think he's doing great things. I think it's super tough, though, you know, to come in in the COVID year and, you know, be asked to do all these great things with, you know, your staff and being just kind of getting there. And I don't know, I just, I thought that first year was like really unfair. I really do um, for him to, you know, come in and, and not have everything he needs with no off season, no not like that was just tough. You know what I mean? I don't wish that on anybody, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I really think, um, that he's going to do a great job. Me and him had a good conversation, and, and we talked about it, you know, like just, you know, coming from the pros, coming from great programs like Georgia and Bama, um, you know, there's a certain way of winning, and, and obviously he's been on those teams to figure that out. So, yeah, I uh, I think he's going to start, you know, bringing in a lot more of those wins, a lot more wins against high-ranked teams, um, and he's definitely getting the recruits and, uh, he's playing the transfer portal correctly, I think, right now. Uh, all the kids are stars, are, are stars in the making. So um, I, I just I applaud him, and I told him I was super excited to have him um, here. And I, I knew before it was it might have been tough, and with contract negotiations, trust me, I get it. Uh, but, yeah, dude, like, I'm just super excited to, you know, have him here. Yeah, so I I think, yeah, that, that... – idea is echoed between a lot of Michigan State fans just a lot of excitement you see where he's been you you kind of see the the building blocks of what has kind of become um a lot of us see a little bit of parallel between Mark D'Antonio I think they're they're two very different uh approaches but like you said it's it's just a totally different game of football nowadays with the transfer portal and whatnot um, but Hey, Greg, we really appreciate the time. Last thing, uh, before we get out of here, um, anything that you want to plug, anything that you want, any shout outs you want to give, um, anything that you're working on over there? Um, at the moment, uh, I run, you know, flag football, uh, which, um, I'll send you guys the link on that, but I would love to have anybody out, uh, we do a fall league for anybody that's not playing tackle. Uh, but, yeah, I would love to have anybody um, that's interested out. Uh, we are also working on a Lansing location um, that will be out soon. So, yeah, we'll uh, get you guys that information. But, yeah, I would love to have everybody out um, who's in the area as well, too. Right on. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to post that on, on Twitter, get people involved. Um... Yeah, like I said, we're we're honored by by the time we'll have to do this again soon here. Hopefully, after after a good season here in in year two for Mel Tucker, we'll get you back on and kind of recap this thing. Uh, appreciate the time. Like I said again, uh, look forward to having you to, having you back on. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right, take care.